Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. And in fact, we love it when you take advantage of our podcast. In fact, we love it when you tell your friends and neighbors about our podcast that they can listen to our show any time of the day or night. If they have trouble sleeping at night, they can turn on the sound and soothing sounds of our show. Well, kind of once in a while, Kenny will throw in a little jazz, and that'll kind of calm you down. (laughs) That's right, Brad. Go to the website, kdal610.com, kdal610.com. Click on the podcast tab, and you'll find uh, Sound Off with Brad Bennett. Yeah. There you go. And we have a caller on the line, a guy who has called us uh, numerous times in the past. Uh, I think he wants to talk a little bit about this uh, drug border issue. And then that's our friend from uh, Mike, uh, who is uh, from anywhere other than Duluth. <laughs> in other words, just pick a town. He'll uh, he'll settle there. He just doesn't want to just doesn't want it to be in Duluth. Uh, Mike, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Brad. Um just getting ready to go tap some maple trees after your radio show and maybe boil up some sap and have some fresh syrup tonight or tomorrow morning for breakfast. Nice day out. Um, I heard you talking about the fentanyl crisis on the border and stuff, and it's really upsetting uh, in a lot of different ways. First off, um, I just would like to tie all of it to the Democrats. Um, we all know they need a lot of votes, and, uh, you know, they, they, they can cheat their way to a fake presidency and like uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona, et cetera. But uh, I, I'm just upset about it because it seems like, you know, the means to the end doesn't matter to the Democrats and they just refuse to acknowledge what's going on down there. A uh, hundred thousand plus American citizens dying every year. Uh, you know, like you were talking about the kidnapping just south of the border and no, they do not want to draw the attention of the Americans too much. But, you know, no, they really don't. You, you know, and then so the, the cartel, the, the smugglers, they run the stuff straight up Interstate 35. And I don't know what the stats are, but they get a lot more drugs and contraband through the border than they catch by, like, probably at oh. least times three. And so they you know, right I'm so glad I'm so glad you said that, Mike, because, the, you know, I hope people understand what Mike just said. When you see these piles of drugs that the border agents have caught and they say this is the biggest uh, biggest uh, find we've had in months, that's only the stuff they're finding. A lot more than that is not being stopped at all. People are walking in the deserts with it. And Mike's absolutely right. There's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and. And then you have the human trafficking, uh, um, all but slay, you know, the, the people that have to pay the smugglers. And by the way, they're making way more money smuggling people right now than they are drugs, if you can imagine that's that. That's what I've heard. So, yeah, that's what I've yeah, heard. So the Democrats, they need those illegal votes. And, and the governor needs state IDs for illegal aliens, not undocumented migrants. They're illegal aliens. They're breaking the law. And now they're trying to get them ID so it's uh, easier for them to cheat. In the elections, that's the bottom line. That's why they're doing what they're doing. And we are at war. We are at war. And the drug cartels and the drug runners have safe houses in Luth. They have little, you know, you should follow the people that get their money on the corner. Just follow them. Walk walk right to the drug house for them, you know, call the cops. I don't know what to say. I'm frustrated. 
Do you know, you know, Mike, what you're mentioning, though, is exactly what is happening in some areas down here in Florida. Now, I saw the other night our sheriff, everybody knows who our sheriff is here in in Hernando County. If you live in Hernando County, you know who the sheriff is. And uh, and he does a great job of publicizing himself and publicizing his sheriff's department, things they do. But what they've started doing down here is when they make a, a bust on a drug on a drug house, they go public on television, show the house, show what they found in the house, show the drugs, right. the guns, or anything else they found, and then they show them putting up condemned signs in front of the house. This house is condemned. It's a drug den. Stay away from it. I mean, they are they are trying to publicly embarrass and humiliate anybody that's involved that stops to buy drugs there or anything else by making it very public that these are you got to stay away from these places yeah and i got to tell you brett i had a little you know i've had some insight i've had to sit in jail before for my dwi and i got to tell you those it's one thing if you're an addict and you have to you know maybe i'm not making it's one thing when an addict will maybe sell drugs to supply their own habit but the animals that refuse to touch it and know what they're doing to people they don't yeah. care about you they don't care about your kids they don't care about your grandkids they don't care at all they're animals they, nope. well they're not animals they're they're just people that yeah they are like they all they're all rights. they care about is the almighty buck that they're getting that they don't have to work for, they don't have to do anything for, that they can spend on anything they want because they're not paying taxes on it, and on and on and on. Here, uh, thank you, Mike. Great call. Here, I, I'm going to read you this piece that I was talking about earlier, Kenny. Remember I said about 70,000 people a year? That's exactly what it is. Here, here's the piece. Earlier this year, six people, including a baby, were murdered in California because of a cartel-related activity. They sent a hit squad over from Mexico into California to kill these people because they hadn't paid their drug bill. But the greatest threat to American lives is the newest product coming from these cartels fentanyl using chemical precursors from china let me read that again using chemical precursors from china the cartels manufacture this narcotic that is up to a hundred times more powerful than morphine they take advantage of and facilitate the chaos at our border so they can traffic fentanyl into america with ease Due to its highly addictive properties, it is laced into street drugs like oxycodone, cocaine, heroin, and even Adderall and Xanax. The result is the deadly killing of more than 70,000 Americans this year. This is deliberate poisoning of Americans. Tom, what do you think we ought to do? (laughs) For sure, we ought to close the border down somehow. Well, you know, Ed, it's on both sides of the border. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's 100,000 are the latest numbers I've seen on overdoses uh, caused by fentanyl in this country. There's also about 100,000 uh, people uh, that are dying in Mexico on an annual basis because they're victims just like those uh, hapless uh, individuals that happened to go to Matamoros, my old stomping ground, you know. Yeah. Uh, murders uh, that are, are occur daily in Mexico.
Mexico, throughout the country of Mexico, uh, because of the drug trade. I have said, and I will stand by it, Mexico is a failed state. We have to understand that as Americans. The people who are in charge is not uh, uh, President Obrador. It is the drug cartels that are running the country. Now, I predicted that these individuals will cough up some low-level cartel members uh, to to shield the government, the fake government in Mexico, so they can turn these people over to uh, and say we caught the rascals that killed those Americans. But that won't be real. Uh, yeah. The real killers, uh, if they're anybody of any importance, uh, they will be uh, absorbed into uh, the cartel, and they will never pay the price for what they did, because it is a failed state in Mexico. A hundred thousand on their side, a hundred thousand on our side, and we have an open border president while war is being waged in both countries. It, you know, it it's absolutely stunning what is happening to this country. Tom, 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 you've got to you've got to be misinformed. I I, I listened to the to President Biden spokes lady and she says we got the control of the border. That's it. We're we're doing there's less fentanyl coming across than ever before. I mean, I I'm listening to her. She's got to be right. Well, you know what I I would do? I would take her on a trip over to Matamoras uh, and I would uh, turn her loose. Uh, in that that uh, failed state of Tamaulipas uh, after cool. midnight, and see what <laughs> see what her attitude is at six o'clock in the morning. Then, because yeah. she yeah. would she would be saying the same thing I'm saying. It is absolute war. That's why it, it is. People it, don't go over there. I used to go the over people, there on a regular the, basis. The, the, the people and the names change, Tom, but the whole concept never changes. This story I had this morning from, from MSN uh, started off this way. Nemiso Osguaro Cervantes and Ismael Zambada Garcia. If you don't know those names, you should. They should be recognizable as Osama bin Laden or Saddam Hussein or Pablo Escobar. They are the current heads of the Jalisco New Generation Cartel and the Sonola Cartel, two of the biggest cartels in Mexico. But nobody knows those names. If I didn't read you those two names or even if I read you those and asked you who they were, you'd look at me dumbfounded. Nimoso Osguero Cervantes, never heard of him, had no idea. Anyway, we got to take a break, folks. Uh, we'll talk more about this. If you want to get involved this morning, we'd love to hear your uh, input. This is uh, your show, 722-0839. That's 218-722-0839. And we'll be right back with more. KDAO. Mr. President, don't forget about daylight saving this weekend. Wait a minute, we're, we're, we're doing what? We have, we, have, we have savings? The clock spring forward an hour this weekend. A whole hour? <laughs> 
Come on, man. Yes, one hour, sir. How do you, how do you, how do you put everybody's clocks ahead of an hour? That's impossible. How's that happen? A timely reminder for those who uh, who need it. Well, we should send our savings to Ukraine. Get Zelensky on the phone. Right away, sir. This is KDAL, 610 AM and FM at 103.9. KDAL time is 1225, 38 overcast in Hayward, Wisconsin, 38 degrees, a south wind at 8. Hibbing checks in, light snow being reported in Hibbing, 31 degrees, south wind at 8. And Blue Sky Harbor overcast, breezy, 32 degrees, a stiff northeast wind at 21 miles an hour uh, at uh, Sky Harbor Airport. And that is uh, what's going on this weekend, Brad. Daylight savings time. We get to change the clock be- clocks ahead. Oh, Spring ahead. One hour. Yippee. Come on. Come on. Where's my congressman? Where's my senator? Where are these guys with this bill that Yay. is supposed to kill this no. and make daylight savings time year-round? It's out there. They've got it. Uh, can't they just get this vote taken before we have to change these clocks? No. Oh, Kenny, I don't want to get up on my... I I got two bad knees. I don't want to get up on my step stool again and change clocks. I've told you before, I spent 20 years in the car rental business, and when you have a fleet of cars anywhere from 50 to 100 cars, yeah, I kept this busy changing the clocks. Yeah. But but now most of the cars no, change on their own. Mine do. does. Some My, do. Mine changes well, on its own. You've got one of those fancy dancy cars. I'm talking rental cars, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that used to be. For and and in fact, uh, in the car business, and you know, like with Ben Ford, they would have to have that happen. They'd have to send out all their salespeople. They have to all change every car back. Change every car for. It's a waste of time and energy. Make it permanent daylight savings time year-round, all year, every year, and let's end it. Well, I would say this. It's, you know, we've come out of a long winter. This is exciting. This is the most excitement we've had in months. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yippee! Spring ahead! (laughs) Whoopee! We get to spring forward! (laughs) Somehow that's going to make us uh, closer. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, this yeah, this uh, this thing at the southern border is a real issue, folks. And it, it, you know, is it costing you? Uh, you say you might say, well, you know what? I, I'm not into drugs. I don't have none of my family members are into drugs, so I'm not going to worry about it. It's not costing me anything. I'm just going to stay away from the borders area. Well, I got the latest press release this morning from the Federation of American Immigration Reform. And they have a story out this morning now that says the new the new Federation of American Immigration Reform study says that illegal immigration now costs American taxpayers at least a hundred and fifty one billion dollars a year. Now, you might say, Brad, that can't be true. Come on. How in the world could that be true? How could it cost that much? Well, let me let me get into this report a little bit. This is March 20, March 8th uh, of 2023. A new report by the Federation for American Immigration Reform finds that as of 2022, American taxpayers shelled out at least $151 billion each year to cover the cost of illegal immigration. Broke down, the data reveals that the taxpayers... 
Taxpayers like you and I pay $182 billion annually to provide services and benefits to illegal aliens, their dependents. These costs are offset by about $31 billion in taxes that are collected from the estimated 15.5 million illegal aliens living in the United States, bringing the new cost to $150.7 billion annually. The 2022 costs represent a 30% increase to taxpayers in just five years. A former version of this study conducted in 2017 by FAIR placed the annual cost, net cost of illegal immigration at $116 billion a year. Most of the additional costs have been added in the past two years as the Biden administration's de facto open border policies have triggered a historic surge of new illegal immigrants pouring across the border from every nation and continent on the planet. Moreover, the updated price tag of $151 billion is a, consec- is a conservative estimate as there are additional costs incurred from illegal immigration but there is currently insufficient data to prove reliable cost estimates. Well, you know what we're going to do, folks? We're going to take our CBS News break, and then when we come back, I'm going to give you the breakdown because FAIR, uh, this this Immigration uh, Foreign uh, Federation of American Immigration Reform, has broken down the actual costs and the items that we provide to illegal immigrants with your tax dollars. So we'll get into that when we come back after CBS News. KDAL time is 1235. Uh, We are checking in to Superior. Uh, Last check, mostly cloudy, 34 degrees. Uh, Cloquet, mostly cloudy, 34 degrees as well. And let's go to Moose Lake. Moose Lake, Carleton County Airport, uh, overcast and 37 degrees. Well, I'll tell you what, folks, we're going to get into this report real quick here. Uh, we're expecting a couple uh, callers before very long from our some of our sponsors. But uh, uh, in fact, you know what? We're going to hold up because uh, uh, Justin has uh, just dialed in. Uh, we uh, the other day we had Justin Critch in the studio because he was in the process of making a commercial, doing a commercial for Bryant, for the Bryant uh, wholesaler out of the Twin Cities area. Now, I had a question for you after the fact, Justin. Is, is that is that going to air all over the state? Is it going to be just a local ad? What uh, Are you becoming big time on us? Well, Brad, I'll put it to you this way. So sometimes we have some marketing dollars that we qualify for from either the wholesales or the manufacturers directly when you meet a certain number of, of volume dollars. And in that particular case, that Bryant commercial was being paid for by our good friends down at Our Steel and Bryant Manufacturing down in Plymouth, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, when somebody's going to foot the bill for something, they'd like to come down to the studio and watch it happen and see how it gets done. That encourages them maybe to pay for some more in the future. Fantastic. I hope uh, I hope we did an okay job of engineering it and putting it together for you. Oh, I'll tell you what, Brad, we did a fantastic job. I got to bring Walter into the uh, studio there with me and got to introduce him to all of my great friends at Midwest Communications. And he got to, he got to see, you know, live radio in action being produced on multiple frequencies throughout the Midwest Communications family. And, of course, when anybody has never been to a television station or a radio station before, they are always surprised at how small everything is. Yeah, no kidding. It really is. You'd think it's much bigger. Much About the only place they really start going gaga is when you take them back into the engineering room and they see all those components blinking and twinkling at you. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, all this week, it's been all cooling appointments so far for the most part. And so I had a customer that I was visiting with in the Woodland neighborhood early this morning at about nine o'clock. And we were sitting down at the table and he says to me, he says, you know, when exactly do people have you out to the house for these cooling appointments? And I told him, I said, you know, the smart people have me come out in March. And he starts laughing at me because he th- thinks I'm blowing smoke at him and just trying to trying to butter him up. But actually, Brad, sure. that is very true. I explained to him why. I've explained to you and your listeners why many times. What we don't want is we don't want people to call us, you know, that third, fourth week of June when they're already hot and sweaty and crabby and they have me out to the house and they want me to <laughs> install a cooling system yesterday. And I can't do that at that point. Now, we're still going to take that call. We're still going to take that appointment. We'd be glad to help that customer out. But you and I talk about proactive replacement on heating equipment so that it doesn't become an emergency when it breaks. And the other thing that we always talk about is we want that cooling system there in place sometime during the month of May or the early part of June. So when you need that cooling system for the first time, you don't have to wait. You have to walk over to the thermostat, push a button, and magic happens. There you go. There you go. You want it ready. You want it ready to go at a at a fingertip push, and that's what you get when you're set up right. And you guys can make that happen. That's that's fantastic. So was he pretty impressed that he was one of the uh, smarter guys that uh, took the initiative to go ahead and do this early on? Oh, absolutely. And then you know what, Brad? I go into a customer's house. I'm just there for a cooling appointment, but while I'm there. You know, again, I'm not in a hurry to leave the house. I'm there to give the customer my undivided attention. I'm there to ask them questions. They can ask me questions. And we talk about everything. We'll talk about the furnace. We'll talk about that water heater. We're going to talk about that thermostat that they have upstairs that needs to be replaced and the wiring that needs to be replaced with and those kinds of things. So it gives us an opportunity to talk about the installation of a new system, but we can also talk about the performance issues that they're having, functionality, liability-related issues. And it's just a more holistic conversation that doesn't have to be on the single track of one topic they got to feel awfully comfortable by the time they get done with you explaining everything how it works because it, it it really is simple when you take the time to lay it out to somebody and they're ready and prepared to get it done i think everybody that has heard you talk over a number of months now knows that you're very educated you continue to go to updating education programs so that you know the latest you know everything that's available as far as funding through the federal government, any state grants that might be available. If they want to get you out to the whole, uh, house to talk about one of these systems, how are we going to do that? What is the easiest, probably best way to have that happen? Well, you and I have talked about my favorite co-worker, Julianne, many, many times. Now, we've added somebody to a desk right next to her, and her name is Abby. So it may be Julianne that answers the phone, but it may be my new friend, Abby. But the telephone number to make that appointment is 288-879-SERVE, S-E-R-V. And our website is airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. Uh, fantastic, as always. Thank you, Justin. We'll look forward to talking to you again on Friday. It really is uh, so simple to be ahead of the game and be prepared, and all you got to do is call Justin at AirServe and make it happen. Kenny, did you notice something there? I, I'm i not sure. Where? Well, they've, they've added another call person. I, yeah. Yes, I like that. Justin, Justin's doing a good job. He's success. You're having success there. Yes, yes. And, you know, I honestly was uh, looking up online. Why is it called Our Steel? And and Our is spelled A-U-E-R. A-U-E-R. They're based in Milwaukee. But that's not the name of the man that started Our Steel. 
It was. Oh. Uh, it started in. It was formed when Don Curtis Senior opened the first location on Our Avenue in Milwaukee. Well, there you go. Our I'll Steel, A-U-E-R, and that facility in Plymouth, Minnesota, uh, they relocated to a new modern facility, a 110,000-square-foot facility in Plymouth, Minnesota. Whoa. That occurred in 2010, so they've got a big investment in uh, Minnesota, and we're uh, very proud to be a part of it here at uh, SoundOff. Absolutely, we are. Well, we're going to move along, Northlanders. Uh, let me get into these costs because I, I just—I I told you before we started t- talking to Justin, one hundred and fifty dollars, one hundred and fifty point seven billion dollars of your tax money goes to illegal immigrants in the state in the in the United States of America. Now, it would be worse than that, but. They do pay something. Some of them do on jobs. They pay taxes. Uh, but it's it's a minuscule amount, 17.2% of the total costs of us providing goods and services to illegal immigrants comes back in the way of taxes collected. The largest component of the cost is K-12 education which must be provided under a 1982 Supreme Court ruling. The annual K-12 education costs for illegal aliens and their U.S.-born children in the United States is $78 billion, of which $70.4 billion is borne by states and localities. In other words, Here's what happens. We get a lot of illegal immigrants come into Minneapolis. Let's say uh, we, we have a whole myriad of Somali immigrants or any kind of immigrants that come in. They don't speak very good English. So we've got to teach them English as a second language. We've got to teach them in their language. We've got to spend money to do all of that. $78 billion. $70.4 billion of it is borne by states like Minnesota or localities. Healthcare, illegal immigrants, illegal aliens cost taxpayers $42.7 billion annually. Many of you that are helping pay for those costs don't even have the best health care yourself. And you're paying for doggone good health care for people that have snuck across the border illegally. Then next comes $13.5 billion to provide a variety of food assistance and nutritional programs used by illegal aliens and their children uh, cost taxpayers $13.5 billion. Combined, federal, state, and local criminal justice costs associated with illegal immigrant immigration runs about $47 billion annually not including the cost of damages to victims. As America struggles to meet countless societal needs while facing the realities of our staggering 31 trillion national debt, the cost of providing for millions of people who have no legal right to be here in the United States continues to grow at an alarming rate. Dan Steen, the uh, Stein, the president of FAIR, said this, to be clear, most of this enormous financial burden has been inflicted on taxpayers by the open border advocacy at every level of government. Not only is the Biden administration refusing to rein in illegal immigration or remove the people who are breaking our laws, they are promulgating 
policies that actually encourage more of it while offering new protections and benefits to those who settle here illegally. Likewise, a growing number of states and localities create their own costly magnets for illegal aliens by declaring themselves sanctuary cities, sanctuary districts, sanctuary counties, and offering new benefits and services. This has got to stop, or we're all going to be broke. The American people viscerally understand that no nation can flourish without controlling its borders and its, bo- and its boundaries and enforcing its immigration laws. The purpose of this report is to provide them with the true costs of these heinous, ruinous policies. $150.7 billion a year and growing with no inclination on the part of the current administration to address the problems. As his spokesperson, Jean-Pierre, would say, we've got control of the border. Yeah, we sure do. We're, we're controlling it. The Biden administration is controlling the border exactly the way they want to control it. Well, we've heard getting in more and more illegals. Absolutely, Brad. And we've heard yep. on the news, and I'm sorry to say, I only hear this on Fox. I don't hear this on other news channels. That the the people that are at the border, those border patrol agents, are saying that the cartels are in charge of that border. Oh yeah. In other words, they can pretty much do what they want to do. They have confronted border patrols there. And we have a a story here from uh, South Dakota Senator John Thune. And like Tom Tiffany, who's been at the border more than once, they have firsthand seen the problem. And Thune reports that border patrol agents have told him they do not feel supported by the Biden administration, and they feel the administration has actually impeded their ability to do their jobs. That's right. That's exactly what is happening. And back to this story, Kenny, that I had this morning that listed the 70,000 deaths from fentanyl already. And now I'm hearing that it might be 100,000. We need to target these narco terrorists on all fronts. Financially, here's what they say the best way to address this this whole thing is. Last year, the Drug Enforcement Administration seized enough fentanyl to kill Every single American. Now, what comes from China is not the finished uh, pill called fentanyl. It's the it's the drug precursors that that these drug cartels use to create fentanyl. Three hundred and seventy nine million doses. This isn't isolated to border states like Texas. It's turning up in the deepest pockets of this country. We need to target these narco-terrorists on all fronts, financially, with increased criminal penalties, and even militarily if we have to. I've proposed, this is, uh, uh, this is by the way, uh, from Representative Mike Walls, I've proposed several pieces of legislation that would do just that, including the authorization for the use of military forces against the cartels, which I introduced with Representative Mike Walls. So this is, uh, I forget what representative this was that was bringing this forward. But anyway, uh, 
it would also authorize increased punishment for anyone convicted of aiding cartel-related criminals by adding up to 20 years to their sentence and neutralizing citizens uh, or neutralized, naturalized citizens could lose their citizenship if they are convicted. Naturalized citizens could lose it. Now, how do we fight against these? This is an enemy every American should want to defeat. Every policymaker, regardless of their political uh, positions, should be joining legislation like mine, unlike the border crisis or immigration reform, taking uh, on this common enemy is not inherently partisanship. In a closely divided Congress, opportunities for bipartisanship cooperation are very rare. We know that, you know, as a Republican, I know that it's very difficult to find Republicans that will work with Democrats or vice versa. But isn't this something that we should be able to work across the aisles with? I say yes. We have the chance to save American lives, but we got to take advantage of it now. We need to target these groups. And, you know, now this morning, we have a warning from the president of Mexico after we found uh, these four, these, uh, four uh, young people from America that were, that were just dragged off the streets by cartel members. Two of them brutally murdered. Another one beat beyond recognition. And the, the other one, I guess, not harmed too bad. But this morning, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obador has warned the U.S. against intervening in domestic matters following the kidnapping of four Americans in the Mexican border city of Montemoros. You know, in the old days, in the old, old days, uh, we would have uh, pr the president and get his rough riders together, and we'd charge across the border and and take these individuals I miss the that old had taken days. these four people. I really yeah. miss the old days. Yeah, so do I. You know why, Brad? Yeah, I miss it was they they were productive. They got things done. Yeah, they warded and off they the bad guys. Yeah. What will happen now is is in, instead of the Rough Riders charging across the border and running these fools down, no, we'll, we'll negotiate with Manuel Lopez Obador and we'll try to uh, get them to. In, in fact, did you see this morning they've already arrested one person? Evidently, it was the it was the uh, pool boy that was rounded up that, that where these people were being held. Because it looked like a little kid. It looked like a guy. He barely fit in the the uh, um, prisoner vest that they had him in. And he looked so meek and mild like, what am I doing here? What are you guys going to do to me? What am I at? Anyway, the one guy that they've arrested didn't look like he was part of the whole deal at all. But we'll negotiate back and forth. On Tuesday, Mexican officials announced that two of the U.S. citizens had been kidnapped in the Mexican border city were dead in Brownsville, Texas. We got to go to you or to Minnesota news break, folks. But we'll be back. A lot more to talk about. Another hour coming up, folks. KDAL time is twelve fifty-seven. Uh, Army Corps of Engineer, thirty-three degrees. I'm going to give you the score of the hockey game. If you don't want to know the outcome right now, I'm going to tell you four nothing. Hermantown has a lead late in the third period. Four nothing. Four nothing. Yep. All right. Yep, they're going to win the game. 
Well, listen, we don't have much time here. I want to get to a remark from Moose Lake. I've been burning up his time, mouthing with my jaw going. Mark, uh, thank you so much for calling in. What's on your mind this morning? First of all, you Marines all have shoulder problems, as does my dad. Same thing you have. I was listening yesterday. But uh, my point is, is that don't think money's not involved uh, for President Ober Dingleberry, whatever his name is down in Mexico, for them cartels to not halt the, the, the transfer of humans and fentanyl and drugs and everything else across our border. And for us not to be proactive and go in and take care of that. They have their own militia and so forth. And we need to go in and take care of that. Uh, of course, we can't yes. just go do it because that's an act of war. But we can be more proactive on that. And one last thing for all those that want uh, to give uh, free school lunches and this to everybody else. You have to remember, when 5, 6 million people come here, they're starting to take away from our food. Now our infrastructure is going to be punished. Now all our waste management management is going to be overloaded again. All these little things that come into play when you add more people to something, um, it just costs us more money in the end. And so... It might not be outright taxes, but people that are coming in or cost us more, it becomes a tax with a different name. Boy, that was a great comment, Mark. And you know what, folks, when we come back with our number three, I want to start off there on the free lunch that we're going to have walls sign into place today, probably. And we're going to talk about that for sure when we come back after the top of the hour here on the afternoon edition here on a Wednesday, sound off 610 KDAL. 